Welcome to Digital Stratosphere, the podcast that helps organizations throughout the world with their digital transformation journeys. Here, you will find independent and technology agnostic advice with no software vendor sales spin to help you make the best decisions for your organization. Whether you are in the process of selecting technology, in the midst of your transformation, or trying to get your initiative back on track, Digital Stratosphere provides expertise and best practices to help. I'm so excited to have this conversation with Christy Barber, who is our small to medium-sized business specialist. Um, As we've been talking about a lot this episode about entrepreneurship, she's going to be a great guest to have on to ensure that we understand what is it like to grow and scale a business from a technology stack perspective. So with that, welcome, Christy. I'm so excited to have you on. Um, If you wouldn't mind, if our audience doesn't already know you, could you give us just a little bit of an introduction, your background and your role here at Third Stage? Yeah, thanks so much for having me. I've been with Third Stage since the beginning. My specialty comes with small businesses, my backgrounds in accounting, process improvement, looking at systems, making sure workflows are running in the best way that they can to make your business run efficiently. I love piecing all of that together, come from an entrepreneurial family. Um, for those of you that see me, I'm, I do a lot of stuff with small business for a third stage, but yeah. Yes, I think Christy is the only one on our YouTube channel that has her own playlist. So congratulations. Thanks. <laughs> <See you. laughs> so today we're kind of, we're dissecting specifically QuickBooks, but as, as I kind of mentioned in the intro, there's a lot of implementation or software selection advice that you have in here for just scaling. We've seen, you know, an, an astronomically high growth for that small to medium SMB tier in the last few years, especially when it comes to technology. So a lot of these different pieces um, can be scaled to other software. But with that, let's kind of get into QuickBooks. If you wouldn't mind giving us just a quick client persona that would utilize QuickBooks. QuickBooks will be anybody that's just getting started. You may not know you know, how big your business is going to be. Maybe it's just an idea you had and you want to test it. QuickBooks is a great place to get started there. It requires minimal knowledge because the software will help you set up a lot of things on its own. Good or bad when you look at it that way, but it's nice for a business owner that's just getting started. It could be maybe you're making something as simple as jewelry and selling it, or you have a service that you're selling and it's just an easy way to get started. Um, yeah, that's what I see most clients using it in the beginning. So it's usually um, kind of a baseline system before pre-ERP, if you will. Yeah. However, I have seen, I had a client this year with Third Stage, $500 million company still on QuickBooks. Yeah, I was just about to ask yeah. you. I have seen some, I would call them like lingerers, I guess, <laughs> if that's not too creepy, in the marketplace that use QuickBooks to you know, a a really astonishing revenue amount or overall, you know, business process, um, sophistication level. Yeah, it's, it's amazing what they end up using it for. And a lot of it is they have complimentary software is working along with it that help, whether it's managing inventory or it's a software that it's extracting data out to build better reports. Um, they have a POS system that maybe is running separate and the, the data can come into QuickBooks to do, but I have seen a handful of companies. It, it's amazing what the software can do because 
we tend to think of QuickBooks as, oh, you know, once you get about four or five million dollars, you probably are outgrowing it, which is not necessarily the truth. Absolutely. A hundred percent. So let's kind of dig in. Let's start with the positive. Let's start with some of the good pieces of QuickBooks. When does QuickBooks in a client scenario work really well? Really well. I think, like I mentioned, when you're starting up a business, QuickBooks can help you set up your chart of accounts. It's going to give you the basic ones that you need. And then from there, you can go and customize it to what you need it to be. So that part's simple. It's really easy to sync your bank and your credit card feeds in when you want to reconcile everything. It, it's coming in. You can set up rules. So you see certain expenses that come in. You say, hey, this is always a dues and subscriptions. I want to write a rule so that it always goes there. Piece of cake. Um, you, you can also get the, you know, the, I don't know, the main reports that you would need, you know, your profit and loss, balance sheet, and open AR, open AP. It has those. They're already made. You just click a button, you know, it prints it for you. You can also export it if you're, you know, a ninja at Excel and build out really cool spreadsheets. You can dump the data in there and manipulate it into what you want it to be. Um, I think it's easy because most CPAs know how to use the software. When you share it with them, they can go in, they can make their tax adjusting entries for you. They can easily pull information they need as well. Um, i trying to think the other plus I think is if a business owner is just starting out, it's a software that they can kind of understand and, and maybe you use on their own without necessarily building out a full team yet. Um, it does get to a point, it, you know, if the, if the knowledge and the skill set isn't there, then yeah, you're, you're hiring a team to manage it for you. But it, it's a pretty intuitive software. And over the years, has how it's migrated from desktop version to online version, you're in the cloud, you can access it anywhere. So it's a great kind of first step training wheels approach to starting a business. Maybe you're not, you know, on the finance side quite yet, um, and it's still something that you could potentially manageably use. What about the support for QuickBooks? I would assume that that's something that a lot of kind of newer entrepreneurial businesses need. What does that look like? They have a variety of different things. They do a lot of webinars that you can watch. Here's here's what QuickBooks is offering as far as you know something new to the platform or you know, watching videos and learning how to do things. They do have a chat that it it can be helpful at times. Other times it's not because you want to talk to a live person to kind of figure things out. They do have a live support where you can talk to somebody on the phone. It it just depends what you're needing as far as is it beneficial to to answer your questions. I've found over the years a lot of what I need is YouTube videos and yeah, you know, or, or it's something that I can just quickly chat QuickBooks on and say, hey, you know what, I had a client that paid me and for some reason the money didn't hit the bank account. Why is that? And then they look and they're like, oh, it got held up here. Let us release it. And then it comes through. Gotcha. Yeah, that makes sense. I think that there's minimal integration type stuff as, as opposed to an ERP where you really would need right. expensive help to put all the pieces together. Right. Absolutely. Um, and offering kind of the, those integrations, as you mentioned, kind of earlier in this conversation that are attached to different areas of the business, potentially. Mm-hmm. So let's go into the bad. And remember, we're going to go into the ugly. So um, so what would be some some maybe more negative or considerations when looking at QuickBooks? 
some of the things is around APIs. So a good example is TikTok. So people can sell items on TikTok. TikTok, TikTok doesn't have an integration into QuickBooks yet. So you can't manage your inventory, you can't manage your fees, you can't manage your income. You have to manually put in all of those items each month if you want to have a good picture of you know what what it looks like. So I think there's there's some of that where QuickBooks technology, they're trying to keep up with all the trends out there. It might just be a tiny bit behind because the infrastructure isn't there necessarily to support it, where an ERP has open API and you can go pick up anything you want. There's softwares that you can pay to, to go grab the data for you. That's one thing. Second would be management of inventory. QuickBooks does not manage inventory. It likes to tell you it can, it cannot. It makes it way worse than you would see. And a, a good example is I, I had a client and you know they're trying to manage the inventory and they, they're writing invoices out of QuickBooks and it's not pulling out of inventory. It's just saying, hey, we sold all of these things and we don't have true numbers. And so for them, they decided moving to a third party uh, company to manage all their distribution made sense. And then they just sent them an inventory adjustment report you know, each week and they put the journal entry into QuickBooks. So there's things like that where if it makes sense for you, yeah, having a third party go manage all your inventory is great. But if the costs is, you know, outweighs what, what you're looking for, where you can do it internally, then you're having to shop around and say, hey, what, what software works complementary with QuickBooks in the meantime? Is it Katana? Is it Fishbowl? Is it, you know, half a dozen out there that would work? So those two, and then lastly, I'll throw on the reporting. QuickBooks Online doesn't have the best reporting still. It's, it's better, but desktop still had better ways to sort and, and look through the data. So you're still having to export it and manipulate it in ways that you need to, to be able to look at the KPIs within your company. Sure. And that's always hard to standardize when you're, you know, exporting a bunch of Excel sheets and then everyone's not quite aligned on, on the numbers that you're looking at as a business. So that, that all makes sense. So, so what about the ugly? I thought you were going to save the inventory to the ugly, but oh, you know, technically that is ugly. We should we, we let's cut it. Let's move, let's move it over there because <laughs> it is really ugly and it makes life so difficult. And I mean, I I did tax accounting for a while. I still do a lot of fractional CFO services, and and I see that show up a lot, and it just makes me cringe because I don't you don't ever have a true cost of goods sold. I don't have true inventory numbers, and if you don't have that, how do you know? how your company's doing. And that's where when you move to maybe a more basic ERP system, it has that functionality. And all of a sudden you as the business owner and, and your team, you have a you have more trust in in the system and the numbers that it's telling you. Yeah. And in all ways, inventory is is such an important area to really have a tight grasp on anyway you know, with all of the shifting in the supply chain, especially for a small to medium sized business, as you know, you know better than anyone, inventory is really hard because you may not have a surplus of capital to keep additional inventory on or vice versa. You may lose sales because you don't have the, um, you know, the essential inventory. So that's definitely something that I would say is a huge drawback because it's a, it's a big need, you know, for a business oh, yeah. of that size. And even looking at the costing of your inventory, 
you, you know, some businesses, they do average costs, some, some do FIFOs, you know, some do weighted costs. There's all these ways that it can be done. QuickBooks has one way and it has to be done that way. So if your organization wants to move to a different way of costing out your inventory, that, that isn't there. Absolutely. Okay. So we have inventory, anything else on like the ugly side that is like a, you know, a real drawback to what you've seen, maybe like scalable growth um, is a lot of times what we see um, on that side. Yeah. You get to the point where you outgrow it and, you know, some of these companies that you see in there, you know, three, four, 500 million, it, it's amazing what it can still do for them, but there is a lot of work that they're doing on the back end to keep the software alive. And a lot of times it's just, it wasn't the right time to scale and, and then they just stay with QuickBooks. But I think there gets to be a point where the pain is so great with keeping a software that can't grow with you, it outweighs the pain that it's gonna be to implement something better. And I've, I've, I've seen that a lot. You, you start to see um, just, I think a lot of it is, you don't trust the data. That's one thing. If if you're in a manufacturing, you can't really build out a bomb inside QuickBooks. It's impossible. You you know and it, things like that. It it sometimes there's a lot of clicks. Whereas when you're using an ERP software, maybe you can use Tab and maybe there's a drop down here and there. QuickBooks Online is still trying to get caught up with some of the better UI out there. Absolutely. And and let's talk about that a little bit. Like when you are ready to scale, when you are kind of, you've done that cost benefit analysis of saying, okay, you know, we, we really are limping along or we're using way too many internal resources to customize the process around QuickBooks limitation. What are some things that you should consider when looking at this might be our first ERP system, this might be our first kind of interoperable ERP system, we might have a, a bunch of different bolt-ons that we've been using. What are some main really um, strategic pieces that you need to look at as a business to say, okay, we're going to scale to the next step? I think some of the big things are, well, first of all, look at your costs. What can you afford? And then from there, kind of get an average cost. What is this going to cost me? Can I, can I afford to do it today? Do I have the bandwidth to do it? Do, do my employees, can they, are, they on, are they bought in that, hey, we've outgrown this, we've outgrown working off 200 Excel sheets and, and we need something else. What, you know, what is their buy-in? The, those are two big things. And then I would say where the company wants to go, what, are the, what those goals are can, QuickBooks keep up with those goals. If not, then now's the time to look into the like a ERP. And like you said, more of a an introduction ERP. We're not going, you know, SAP out the door. We're looking at something more like a Sage Intact or a NetSuite or an Acumatica, something that's a lot smaller and can still grow and scale with you for a long time before you outgrow it. And even then, if you were to outgrow certain parts of it, the software can still grow with you. It's just a different version of it. Say you are considering maybe an Acumatica, maybe even like an Infor, an Epicor or something like that um, to go to because say you are something like heavy manufacturing. What are um, some questions within the evaluation process that you want to make sure that you're asking your vendor or asking your digital transformation coach like, our team here at Third Stage to ensure that you're getting specifically on the finance side, the requirements and support you need. So on the finance side, you want to know, 
know, how does it handle RMAs? How do I handle if I need to put a hold on a client because they haven't paid me? How do I, you know, link things in, do bank reconciliations? I would say on the finance side, 99.9% of all ERP softwares will meet your needs. There's those little unique things of what are in your finance processes and what are in your operational processes that might differ a little bit on the finance side, but more than likely your, your needs will be met. More so what you need to start asking questions around is the operational side of things as well as can this software do X, Y, Z. Example, I, I write you know, my bill of materials, I have phantom bombs inside of it, I have sub-assemblies, I have kidding, how is it gonna handle that? Um, because you always, and I think I've mentioned this on other podcasts is operations is usually the driver of any ERP selection because as much as I love finance and I love all my finance people out there, we're not that important when it comes to picking picking a software. <laughs> we we have to um, you know get used to it and and be able to make it work with the rest. But the operational side of it is what's so important. So let's talk a little bit about that operational side because you're you're totally right. You know, letting the business needs operationally drive the technology is going to be key there traditionally and this is a total stereotype but a lot of times accounting is is notorious for having a lot of manual processes that often become automated when you do look at a new ERP system so it's one of the departments that we see a lot of resistance just because of misunderstanding of roles so can you kind of talk about how you get in front of that or you work through that from a situational standpoint and a people standpoint, if you are considering automating a lot of your accounting tasks with say this new technology? Yeah, so I think the biggest fear always is people are afraid, oh my gosh, my job's gonna go away. I gotta go find something else. And it's more so, no, your job is still here. We're, we're using your skill set in a different way. With a lot of new technologies are out there, especially like OCR, um, AI stuff, all of the invoices come in, an email, it scans them, it puts them into your software, and but you're still having to look and, and make sure that, hey, did they go to the correct GL account? Is this the correct vendor? Is the correct amount? There's, there's that spot checking. So things have not been eliminated. It just may mean you're not spending eight hours a week entering invoices in to be paid. It maybe it's two hours a week, and then your skills are used in another way of how are we growing the company, you know, from a financial perspective. How are how are our numbers tying in, and really diving into what do our numbers mean at the end of the day? You know, our costs, our people costs, our material costs, all of that. Absolutely, and and understanding that that's really on the executive leadership to define those roles and responsibilities and more importantly, communicate them. You can define them all they want, all you want, but if they don't actually understand what they are or you don't communicate them effectively, then that's where that business disruption, especially on the accounting side, which can be a significant disruption, whether it's accounts payable or accounts receivable, you need to make sure that you understand the shifting and that your frontline employees really understand that shifting. Yeah, you gotta have the buy-in from top yeah. down. Yeah, absolutely. Especially on, on the accounting side. I know you had mentioned that they don't matter so much, but I think what what you're so right on is that it is standardized, you know, within mm -hmm. the industry. 
but there's a lot that goes into those processes that maybe just one or two people know or really own or have that tribal knowledge around. You mentioned kind of the export spreadsheet pandemic situation where, you know, you have them all floating around and who really knows um, what's going on. So, so that's something that is important when you're considering switching to an ERP system, that all of that is going to be really housed and standardized within one core system. And it needs to be, because if those numbers are off, it throws off the reporting and analysis for the rest of the business. And I think that's also things businesses can do in the meantime when they're prepping to move towards something new. There's so much tribal knowledge that lives in accounting departments because it's usually a lower turnover than other parts of a company. And people are very good and very knowledgeable at what they do. So you can start working today and and drawing out what are those processes that we're doing today? What are things in our process that, hey, you know what, maybe this could be better. We could change this and really refining what you have today in preparation. So when you do get a new system, yeah, a lot of the workflows are built into it, but you can bring in maybe some of those unique touch points that you want to have to highlight the culture of your organization, as well as whatever customer service, the finance side needs to show their clientele. Absolutely. A hundred percent. That makes um, so much sense to just capture that as good business practices. Mm-hmm. A lot of times we, when we go in, especially, you know, you on that side to say, do you need a new ERP system? A lot of times our answer is no, but you do need a lot of business process work and documentation of your processes and optimizations through that. But your current technology is serving its purpose, just your operations aren't serving your technology. Um, so it needs to be a, a well-oiled machine, as they say. So mm-hmm. So you kind of talked about the, you know, the the good, bad, and the ugly, the considerations, the people side. Let's talk a little bit about the implementation or even deconstruction of QuickBooks. What are some things that you need to consider when you are moving from QuickBooks from a functionality standpoint to a new system? You kind of briefly touched on some of the things that you could be doing to prep for that. What are some other things that you should have in your strategy toolbox for implementation planning? Uh, I would say first one is going through your chart of accounts. Do you have it set up the way you like it? Now is the time if you want to make any changes to it, add accounts, change a numbering structure. Now's the time to be able to do that in, in preparation to put into a new system. It's also a good time to go through and clean up your customer list, your vendor list, make sure there's no duplicates in there. Make sure things are all spelled correctly. It's the right, all the right contact information because those three items will be pulled out of QuickBooks and put into the new ERP. All of your products and services that are listed out in QuickBooks, which are essentially your inventory items that they would show up on an invoice, making sure those um, are the other SKUs set up the way you want them to be as the naming conventions, the way you want them to show up. Again, that's a good place to start because all the data is going to come into a new system and it's fresh and you can put whatever process you want around that, whatever system is systematized, you know, however you want to systematize it to, to fit those goals. And so there's a lot of just cleaning of data. And then from there, you can always keep, um, you know, a subscription to QuickBooks for however many you know years or whatnot you want to have it, because with an implementation, you only bring over one year of data. And those are usually trial balance data items as well. Gotcha. That makes a lot of sense. And with 
kind of our phase zero planning checklist, that is one of the main pieces that we consider is that data migration portion. But I think for QuickBooks, a lot of times it it's there's another layer because you are potentially, you know, going into a system that might not match exactly what you've been doing before. Um, and that's a lot of times when you come in, you know, to help to help solidify and ensure that the business goals are being achieved and the future state target operating model is, you know, really um, is really solid as opposed to the vendor saying you need to do A, B, and C. So, you know, there's there's um, definitely levels to understanding the needs and the requirements of, of the overall business. So, and even all the data prep ahead of time, it saves you time and money as well because you're not your implementation team isn't waiting on you to you know get things done you're, you're working on it ahead of time which speeds up the turnaround time absolutely and so for a, a kind of a final question and i know this is going to be an it depends question because it always is but what are some um some metrics or some roi or some you know target value that you should be looking for when you do switch from quickbooks to a new erp system what are some key metrics or key performance metrics that you want to make sure that you're monitoring i always look at i don't know if it's really a kpi but i always look at time how much time are my employees spending on tasks has the new software eliminated some of those tasks because it's automated them like you mentioned or has it made it harder and, and my employees are spending more time doing something and is there a learning curve around that just because it's a new system or is it clunky and you want to be able to look at look at that because I, I never want people to spend so much time then that they get stressed out and they and they dislike the software and the rest of the company loves the software because it's doing everything it needs for them so that's um one part of it. I think the other KPIs around it would be just your typical finance ones, you know, that you would normally look at, you know, how, how many days does it take for me to close out the month? You know, maybe with the old system, it took me three weeks. Now I can do it in six days. Like that's pretty, that's a great metric to see because now the software is helping your team and you know that the accounts are accurate. You, you you believe in your numbers. You're not having to go back and make any adjustments. Yeah, and you trust that data, which I think is a really yeah. great insight from this conversation. I never really thought about it that way, but yeah, when you do have a system that might not be as proficient, it is hard to trust your data. And then you spent all that time and resources going back to recheck: is this right? Is this right? Um, as opposed to being able to fully know that you have good data going in and then you have good metrics and strategic decision-making power coming out. Yeah, that's, it's, it's huge. Well, this is such a good conversation and so helpful um, for anyone that's considering moving from a more bolt-on type of application or even a best-of-breed solution to more of a core ERP, um, especially in that small to mid-sized business market. So if you do have questions about um, QuickBooks specifically, you can head to our website in the Thought Leadership section and search QuickBooks or to our YouTube channel. As I mentioned, Christy has a variety of videos that we've done on what that looks like from a QuickBooks implementation to a migration to all steps within that, as well as some top systems for small to medium-sized businesses that you wanna be sure to put on your short list. So um, thank you so much, Christy, for joining us today. Yeah, and we can't you. wait to have you back again. Learn more about us 
and download independent reports, videos, and other best practices at thirdstage-consulting.com.